Blog Talk Radio. Firefly Willows L.I.V.E. presents The Amethyst Oracle, Divination with a Queer Twist, featuring your hosts, Heisey Luckmers and Charlie Harrington. The Amethyst Oracle. Delve into life, death, and everything betwixt between and beyond. Between and beyond. Between and beyond. With a clear twist. The Amethyst Oracle. Divination with a queer twist. And now, here are your hosts, Charlie Harrington and Heidi Wittenberg. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us this evening. This is the Amethyst Oracle, as you just heard. My name is Hi C, and my co-host is Charlie Harrington, who will be here momentarily. And we are excited about our show this evening because we get a chance to give you a little bit of insight into last month's San Francisco Bats or Bay Area Tarot Symposium, the 23rd annual Bay Area Tarot Symposium. And we'll also be hearing from many luminaries, participants, and other well-known people in the Tarot world because we made it a point to go around and kamikaze-style, guerrilla-style hit them up for sound bites about the question, what is divination? So I think that you'll enjoy hearing the different perspectives and the different thoughts from people as to what they think divination means to them and also what their preferred tool of divination and oracular choice is uh, and what it has to say that divination is as well. Sorry. Um, I do want to let you know that we will be having live readings a little bit later in the show where you have a chance to call in and receive a reading during the show live on the air with Charlie and myself. And if you would like to do that, then you can get into the queue for uh, receiving a reading by Skyping in from the show page, or you can call 646-716-5510. And you can call in uh, or Skype in anytime during the show to get into the queue. You'll be able to listen to the show. And then when we get to that segment, we will bring you in for a reading. We'd also like to encourage anybody that's listening, if you happened to be at BATS this year, then we would invite you to also feel free to call in. Um, We'd be happy to have you on to share some of your experiences, your thoughts, uh, what it is that you got to experience and how you feel it was, um, whether you were a first-timer or somebody who had been coming for the past 20 years. It's always interesting to hear how other people experience it and what they took away from it and what some particular workshops or presentations or uh, interactions or vendors were that happened to stand out for you. So having said that, let me go ahead and welcome my co-host, Charlie Harrington. Hello, Charlie. Well, hello, friend. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm just going to turn the gain down a little bit on my mic. It sounds like I'm very 
Like I'm a loud person and I'm not. I'm a very soft, quiet, unassuming person. <laughs> How does that sound on your end? It sounds all right. All right. Well, it was a whirlwind batch this year, wasn't it? It was. And uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, my overall impressions. So we should let people know that um, last year they changed venues. They had been in San Francisco for a number of years. And they last year decided to start holding it in a the Doubletree Hotel by San Jose Airport down in San Jose. So it was a change of venue. And I think last year was a bit of a transition year, um, both with people who were used to coming, either having to find where it was or maybe some people not making the trek because you San Francisco people are always living in your little bubble and never leave the bubble because heaven forfend what you might experience or find outside of the bubble of San Francisco. Uh, um, we're not bitter. No, no, not at all. Uh, I, I have no bitterness about the fact that my friends in San Francisco I never see unless I go to San Francisco for dinner. Um, so I think that having gotten through the transition year, this year there seems to be a lot of very, I, I just call it very up energy. People seemed very energized. They seem very excited. They seemed very interactive. They seemed very happy just to be there and everybody seemed to really enjoy it. It just felt like there was a an energy about the the event this year. And I think that part of that is also it seemed that one, the the towards the end when they asked how many first timers there were, I was amazed at how many people raised their hand. It seemed as almost fifty percent of the people at least in that closing session um, were first timers, which was very encouraging and very exciting and I think helped to contribute to that energy because of that you know, kind of excited first-timer kind of energy, that virgin energy that you and I have probably forgotten all about what it feels like. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> does the memory reach back that far? Oh, um, no. I know. Uh, and and I think that we're starting to get new people from, say, the South Bay. But I, I will say people come in from all over the country and even from various parts of the world for this mm. particular event. So I certainly don't want to imply that if you're not in the Bay Area... You can't come. There's many people that do. Uh, so so that was my overall impression. It just felt like there was this very up energy. People seemed very excited and happy to be there, and everybody just seemed very energized uh, as well throughout the whole weekend. How did you feel overall? Um, overall, it was really interesting space. It was much more uh, relaxed than it had. I didn't go last year, but I was at the years that it was at the... San Francisco Hotel, um, and before that it had been at a church, and it it um, it was very. The space had a lot to offer in terms of places for people to sit and congregate and gather, and that was helpful. So it felt more social. It felt more like a nice long day of events, you know, leading into the night and some social interaction uh, more than it has before. So that was a great feeling for me. And I was talking to somebody about that, and they had been when it was at the hotel in San Francisco the past couple of years before they moved here to San Jose. And um, she was saying that one of the big differences, well, two of the big differences, is that there are lots of windows. Whereas in the hotel in San Francisco, it was downstairs, so there was no windows, you know, anywhere. Whereas Mm -hmm. in the hotel where we were, 
out in the main lobby areas around that goes all around the conference rooms. There's windows and it's very open and, you know, there's the swimming pool. And um, so that seems to contribute to that feeling of having more light and openness. And also the fact that there is on-site restaurants and bars. So people don't have to leave the premises in order to go find food or something like that. So it does encourage what you were saying for people to just go and find a place to sit and congregate on a spur of the moment because there are places to do that where they can both relax and maybe have something to drink or whatever while they do that rather than having to actually leave the hotel in order to do that. I also noticed um, it was interesting. This is the first time we've ever like shared our space with like another conference and I liked it. Um, <laughs> the real was, estate people. <laughs> yes, there were the real estate people there and I kind of liked it. It kind of, made our people feel just a bit spookier <laughs> than we normally <laughs> maybe do because we were in contrast. And actually, I know that some people were uncomfortable um, and would make comments like, oh, the muggles are here or something like that. But honestly, it's kind of nice sometimes to have people be excited about fortune tellers, you know, like, oh, there's well, fortune right. tellers here. And, and so, you know, they would come to the parties and some people would be like, oh, should we get rid of them? Like, no, let's read for them. <laughs> So. I know, really. Well, and I think, and I, I would venture to guess that perhaps uh, the people that were saying that they either felt uncomfortable with the the muggles being there with, with, you know, other people there, those may be people that are used to being there for Pantheacon. And mm-hmm. the difference, because it's at the same hotel, but the difference is when it's Pantheacon, the whole hotel is Pantheacon because yeah. that hotel is sold out and is nothing but Pantheacon people. So, you have just a hotel full of people that are all part of what you're doing, whereas this was just we were occupying one portion, and, of course, we had to share the space with other people who may have no connection with the kind of things that we do. And so it, either that makes people feel uncomfortable or they just like that opportunity to escape for a weekend and be surrounded by all the same type of people that, they're, you know, that they feel they are kind of thing. But I like having the, the mixing and mingling and the chance for other people to get exposed to this world and maybe see that we are a little bit kooky and a little bit different. However, we're perhaps not as kooky and different and strange as they may have had a misperception about us being when they see us there using a conference room in a hotel the same way they are. We're pretty strange. Let's be clear. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have it any other way, but you know, the show is called, you know, Divination Court. But at least... But at least if it's, if it's strange in a mundane environment, then it helps to balance it out and make it a little yeah, more absolutely. accessible and to others. We're not in some alley with a neon sign flickering on and off outside of our, you know, dirty curtains. Well, that was at midnight where we, where for me. That's right. That was later. But, but that, you know that's, what I mean? a so, that's a different business that I do. That's a completely different <laughs> modus operandi. So we weren't... That, you know, yeah, and I, I think it was fun. I think for a lot of people, it was like, of course, there's fortune tellers in the building. How cool! Let's let's get a reading. So I'm sure someone paid for a reading at some point. So now the, the fun time. the fun part, of course, would be if there was like a evangelical Christian family conference going on to see oh, what kind of interaction and reaction there may be with that. That I think would you be know, fun we might convert them. We might convert them. It would be great. It's true. So, we, we would have we'd... to proselytize. I, I think that we would have to go up to them yes. with our, our decks and say, excuse me, excuse have you me. found the fool? Have you found your fool? Where are you in your fool journey? 
<laughs> that's right. Like, anyway. Oh, but, only uh, the fool can save you. That's right. So, uh, but you don't have to take our word for it because high C, you and I put together a little. We did. We, we did a little bit of sleuthing and interviewing uh, throughout the sh- uh, our time at Pantheon. Blah 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 at SF Bats and. Um, by throughout the bats, I mean on the last day, <laughs> and uh, got some great sound bites from the people who were there, and then you took those, and you know, whereas a lesser podcast would have just played them, you uh, you you mixed them with some dubstep. <laughs> oh yeah, dubstep. <laughs> uh, tarot into 21st century uh, Eastern Europe. So I'm very excited right. to hear. Uh, what other people have to say about it. Because people have, you know, they have to listen to us every month to talk about what we have to say. But maybe they want to hear what someone else. <laughs> and, and, and we have, like, different segments of that. And basically what it is, we were going around, like I said earlier, kind of kamikaze or guerrilla style, just running up to people and saying, what is divination to you? And then making them pull a card or use their divination or oracular tool of choice to answer that question as well as give their own thought as to what it is. Uh, and so we, we've compiled those into some different segments that we'll be playing throughout the show. And also, you don't have to just take our word for it as to how bats went, because we will also be having the founder, the organizer, the grand bat queen herself, Thalassa, uh joining us uh, shortly here in the show and give us some of her insights and um, information, feedback, um, scandalous rumor and gossip from backstage as to how she feels it went uh, and what she has to share with us about the experience from her side of things. So that will also, I think, be very interesting. So since we have teased you, oh, and just a reminder for both, if you want to get a reading during the show, feel free to Skype or call in 646 716 5510, or if you were attending BATS and you want to call in and give us a little anecdote, a little story of what it is that stood out for you or that you experienced there, we would be happy to have you join the show as well and give us that little piece of insight or humor or gossip, whatever it is that you might have to to share. Uh, And you can do the same, Skype in or call 646-716-5510. So, I'm thinking since we have teased it, perhaps we will go ahead and play our first segment to hear what some of the people there at, Pan- at <laughs> we're always going to say that because in the hotel, aren't we, at BATS had to say when posed with the question, what is divination? creator of the Steel Wizard. Hello, this is Storm Fairwolf of the Mystic Dream. I'm Nancy Antonucci. My website is www.betweenworlds.us, and I'm a reader, an author, a performer, teacher. Hi, I'm Jamie Elford, author of the forthcoming Tarot Inspired Life. Hi, I'm Bill Tarot. 
and I am the creator of the Dynamic Spreads deck, and you can find my website at dynamicspreads.com. And what is divination to you? Divination is about tapping into the wellspring of all knowledge and bringing it forth. Divination is a method of connecting with the divine in order to get messages for your life. Divination to me is letting the spirit and the human speak together so that we can have the best human life possible. To me, it's 24-7 access to a wise sage. And sometimes I think of that sage being uh, your uh, unconscious mind, and sometimes it's the collective unconscious mind. And using your favorite divination or oracular tool, pull from that, and what is it that it says divination is? I pull the Ace of Cups from the Seal Wizard of The Child of Cups, which is the feeler, this is a method of opening up to your deepest emotions and allowing yourself to express those emotions in a way that is not blocking you. Hell, the two of Earth, and she, instead of taking care of all the great warriors and leaders and politicians, she takes care of all the sick, the disabled, and the old. Those are her army. So it's how do we put us all in balance, not the ones that are ordained to be the ones that are above us. Two of Wands, which is purity. This is really seeing an issue very clearly, allowing those emotions to open up a window into your soul. And to me, that is divination, being able to open up that window and express it clearly. Knight of Wands. And that means to me that I take charge and ride out with all my friends behind me. Well, I pulled from uh, Carrie Paris's Magpie Oracle Number 2, The Wishing Well. And so that's a very deep well. It's, it's water. It's, it's access to a lot of deep knowledge, um, a, a way to grant your wish from the perspective of having just access to this incredible 24-7 sage. Divination with a Queer Twist with hosts High C and Charlie Harrington on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E.
we are back. Hopefully you enjoyed that. We would also love to hear from you, whether you were at BATS or if you just have a thought on what is divination to you. And we would be happy to bring you on the air and have you share that with us. Or if you'd like to pull from your favorite divination or oracle and see what it has to say to that question, that would be fabulous as well. And again, you can do that or get in the queue for a reading by calling 646-716-5510 or Skyping in from the show page. Now, Charlie, Hello there. I have to say, we have a very, very, very special guest. A regal guest, you might even say. Royalty, we might say. Yes, who has called in to join us here on the show. And that would be the Bat Queen herself, Salasa, who is the founder and organizer of Bats. So... Welcome to the show, Thalassa. Thank you for joining us on this special SF Bats Reminiscence show. Well, thank you. Um, the Strewing the rose petals was a really nice touch. I, I felt very welcome as I walked into the room. <laughs> right on. Well, we thought you might like that. <laughs> yeah, a little <laughs> glitter. So the, to- <laughs> the, toga boys, the toga boys going with sparklers before you to announce your <laughs> Yeah, they're well oiled. That's so important. <laughs> Charlie and I did that ourselves. Charlie and I did that ourselves. Safety precaution. Oh. We we spare no oh. expense. Yes. But uh, oh. we were just reminiscing uh, about how wonderful bats was this year, and how vibrant it felt, especially with the space feeling a lot more social than ever before, and people feeling uh, there a lot of interaction before uh, more more interaction than ever before. So. We just imagined that it was very smooth to operate, and you were put together in about two days, maybe three days if you were, you know, taking it easy. And uh, it just they, they just put themselves together at this point, right? You're darling when you're delusional. <laughs> That's right. Why, why, when am I not? Yeah, I just I just called up the hotel and said, "Hey, can I have the city rooms?" And they went, "Of course." Of course. <laughs> of course, for the for the price of a a, a mid-sized sedan. Yes. Uh, so one but, uh, one thing we uh, rather enjoyed was having some people didn't. We really did like having the real estate convention there. Um, <laughs> did you know that was going to be there beforehand, no, or was that a surprise? I didn't, but it was it was just it was lovely. They were all kind of you could you could see so charging around and then stopping and and they and I'd say. You're looking for the real estate yes. group, aren't you? <laughs> this is the Tarot group, and they yeah. kind of go, oh. And I wonder if some of them kind of came back and, and you know, poked around. And that, that would be lovely because I really, I I believe in, in making it, without losing the outlaw, without losing the glamour, making it more accessible because mm-hmm. one of my avowed goals in life aside from global domination is um, polluting the groundwater of consensus reality mm-hmm. um, I think that those of us who work the oracles we need that strength of, the, of banding together but then we need to take it outward um, the culture needs us I think more than ever um, and and if people are enthused and, 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 and happy and united which is what bats is formed to do then they'll do that work more effectively mm-hmm. um and i was really thank you for for mentioning the, the 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 feel of it because 
I was really striving for that. It it almost didn't happen. Um, mm. I uh, I had spent the previous two years just keeping it going, but it was um it was really really difficult um, for a variety of reasons, and I finally just sort of firmly but gently tugged on the uh, hem of the universe and said, you know, <laughs> you told me to do this, and you told me that I would have to keep doing it, but you know, I'm out of everything. I'm out of energy, <laughs> I'm out of money, I'm out of everything. So honey, if you want this to keep going, you're going to have to start doing some of the heavy lifting. And it was really amazing because Things started happening. People started stepping forward, offering mostly emotional support and that sort of thing. But once I started feeling that support and once that energy started happening, I started feeling inspired again. I, I haven't felt I, – I started getting excited about it. And, I mean, I, I love bats. Bats will be pried out of my cold, dead fingers. You may not. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was like for the first time in a couple of years, I it, it also helped that I – I finally came out of a really brutal multi-year depression. Um, So everything was looking really good. Um, But I also was thinking, all these ideas and and things I can do next year and fundraisers and and that sort of thing. So it was really, really, I came into it with a lot of enthusiasm. And I noticed that that people were getting excited on um, some of the Facebook pages and, and in the Twitterverse and that sort of thing. And that helped. So it, and then I started the the, the um, SF Bats group on Facebook. So a lot of people started making friends and making arrangements, and re- so there was a lot of a lot of happy ferment. So that when people actually got into real space, they were they were already friends. And I purposely chose not to do anything for the the mixer for the cocktail party, I just thought, you know, people just want to meet each other and drink. So why don't we just yeah, do that? I and created that quite a bit. Yeah. And I, so I created the, I thought, my God, you know, we, we, we play this thing, you know, the, the compound and the DOD and all that other stuff. Why don't we just make it a night in the compound and everybody can dress up and everybody can have a good time. And I think that all kept it festive and fun and, and a lot of new folks, weren't new halfway through the weekend mm-hmm. because they had formed, you know, such such bonds and stuff. So yes. I was I was really happy. Well, speaking of exactly. getting the word out, it seemed like there was a bring a bring a bats buddy program this year because so many people were we were talking about the, the number of uh, bats virgins this year, and I think a lot of that. My impression, a lot of that uh, was that a lot of people brought their friend or brought their sister-in-law or whatever, and yes. said, we're, we're going to a hotel in San Jose and we're going to do tarot, you know? And and that was the idea. You know, I, 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 the voices in my Rice Krispies tell me a lot of things, and at some point they whispered in my ear, it's like, why don't you, why don't you have a bring a friend thing? I'm like, okay. Yeah. And, and I was really pleased with the response. Mm-hmm. And I think if you... Once you get to bats, because this is one of the things I find really gratifying, is that year after year, there's a core of people who, once they start coming, they keep coming. It's kind of like Panthea Kanyo, where where you find for even if you see these people just once a year, it's it's nourishing, it's fun, and so 
it's always delightful to to see the new folks, but a lot of those new folks become part of the family and come back. And you know, I've had to move move it around and that sort of thing. But this is my second year at the Devil Tree, and I think it will grow a a little bit more. I I don't want it to be huge. I never want it to be huge. I want that intimacy. I want that. That, that 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 camaraderie and, and if it gets too big you lose that but I, I think the numbers definitely I didn't lose a lot of established people and I gained really excited new folks so I I'm 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 really excited about next year I think we're we're, we're really going to hit a, a whole new level next year and I have to say, I am excited about next year because yeah, well, of course my very last experience was winning the raffle prize for a ticket for registration <laughs> next year. <laughs> and, but also you got lovely bat swag, too. Come well, on. that is that true. Had to be That's true. <laughs> the mug. That coffee cup <laughs> mug especially. Well, yes, your, your beverage will taste better in a bath mug. Absolutely. So, so is it, was there anything in particular that stood out for you that you heard either from people or from presenters? Uh, I know the vendors seem to be doing very well this year. They were very pleased. People seem to be much more willing to purchase, <laughs> let us say. Well, uh, I, I, I really would – I love having the vendors – in the same room, but I just those rooms are are just not big enough. And I found that especially this year, uh, the vendor room was its own little party. It was really colorful. It was really it, I had a, a full house, um, and every time I came by, people were there. And and it's one of the reasons why I I structure bets the way it is is that with those with the tracks. You don't have to to be in the the class grind all the time. You can, you know, take a an hour off and shop and schmooze and that sort of thing. And I think that people really did take advantage of that. And there was a lot of, and it's always fun. You know, the vendors are all great, and everybody seemed to be having a a, a good time. Um, I, I I keep I was racking my brain um, for you know. I can say it now. Um, there weren't a lot of hiccups this time. Um, I didn't slice open my foot, which is good, um, which is what I did last year. I, event production advice, don't produce an event with blood loss and shock. It, it, just, <laughs> it doesn't work as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I just, I was so pleased. You know, I have a great crew of volunteers, um, uh, it was just it was it was wonderful and it, it it's one of the most God I hope this isn't cursing it was one of the most trouble free I've done in a long time I think you know, having the second year in a venue everybody gets to know the hotel a little better gets the rhythm a little better I wish there were scandals I mean other than the parties and the and in, in the various rooms. <laughs> you know, you know, the pound-for-pound tarot people just know how to party better than any other group I know. Well, hi, see, we have our mandate now. That's right. <laughs> we have to <laughs> cause some raucous lack of decorum next year somehow. Some way we'll do well, it. Well, lack of decorum, I mean, there was plenty of lack of decorum. I was delighted. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, the, the cocktail party was just chock full of... of 
of hijinks and and that was the other thing. I was really pleased that you know, people felt even the new folks felt comfortable enough that they could dress up, that they could misbehave, that they could act out, that they could play. You know, that's a sign that you you've created a safe space. Um, I I like people playing. I like people having a good time. I don't like people misbehaving too much. We, <laughs> we don't want hotel security. Well, and I have in to case go back there thinking, for PBA, yeah, I was going to say, in case anyone's thinking, well, of course, why would there be anything difficult or troubling? I just happen to know that every year at PantheaCon, same space, <laughs> same type of people. <sighs> it's just there's a lot more intensity going on. But uh, divination You've people got... more, more go with the flow. Well, you've got, you know, between 22 and 2,600 pagans mm. packed into a hotel. Um, you know, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> um, I, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you um, because I'm the hotel liaison. I, I hear almost everything. And there are times where I just go, really? Golly. <laughs> Hold on while I go do my job, <laughs> but you know that, that's a uh, it's a whole different energy dynamic, and and you know there's so much going on in the pagan community, especially in the past few years, that we're all a little more on edge. But the, but the the wonderful thing about you know, and I, I know I'm sounding sort of you know Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm here, but um, <laughs> The, this is not to say that there aren't, you know, the equivalent of witch wars and things like that, but, but the Tarot people tend to be more supportive or, you know, less dogmatic. And I think that's the important thing. I mean, everybody, there isn't one holy Catholic apostolic. There isn't an orthodox. Well, there is an orthodox, even most of us laugh at it. Um and I think that's important. I think more and more when you think about the the stuff that's committed in the name of orthodoxy, whether it's you know, Muslim or pagan or Christian or corporate or whatever, orthodoxy is awful. It's it's ego on steroids. Um, and if you're working the oracles, you have to be more, ideally, you have to be more cooperative. You have to listen more. You have to to play a little nicer, I think. And so tarot gatherings, even if they're organized by people who don't know squat, um, and those exist, um, you get the tarot people together, and the tarot people are going to have a good time. You know, you want to, you know, ideally you want a really rich experience, um, but even just getting you know a dozen tarot people in, under one roof is going to be fun and interesting, and is probably not going to end in a fistfight. Well, except for those Lenormand heretics, if we could just about <laughs> those, you know. Oh, don't get me started on that. It's like, come on. I'm barricade the Every divination and... system, uh-huh. someone at some point pulled it out of their nose or oh, yeah. their orifice. And you know, this idea that there is this one true, it's like, oh, please, really? <laughs> you know, just, just ease up. No, really, it'll be better. <laughs> and you see that. I mean, there, there, there are a lot of people that are, are 
are definitely breaking new ground with Lenormand. Yes. And was there a what, what mix or percentage do you think there was this year for like new presenters or new topics um, compared to previous years? Well, I've been steadily over the years. I mean, I've always from the beginning tried to put one or two things that weren't strictly tarot. This year we had um, uh, three or four Lenormand. Uh, we had, I'm putting Carrie Paris and Michelle Jackson in a slightly different um, place because they were doing casting. Michelle was doing Bones and Stones and Carrie was doing her magpie. Um, we had um, some some history. Uh, Mary Greer did a, a fabulous thing on, on the, the High Priestess. Um, we I always try to, to, to cycle in new people. Um, so we we always have a few new folks, and even the 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 tried and true. No, nobody has a perfect attendance record. Not even Mary Greer. So so <laughs> there, there there's always a mix. Um, and same thing with the vendors. Uh, this year I I um, added some uh, Pantheacon, some of my Pantheacon vendors. Um, and some new people like uh, Illogical Associates, they did the Shadow of Oz Tro, um, really fabulous, really I bought unique. a copy. <laughs> oh, well, I, I that's a, it was one of those things that I am a sucker because I because of my own travails with crowdfunding. Never again the crowdfunding. Oh God, I I have sympathy for people who are running crowdfunding. If I like the deck or I like. The, even if I don't like the deck, but I like what they're trying to do, I'll try to 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 kick in um, enough to you know get a deck or or that sort of thing. And, and Shadow of Oz, I'm I'm really I, 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 for someone who grew up in the Castro, I'm ashamed to admit this. I'm I'm wildly familiar with the the film, but I'm not familiar with the Oz books, so. I was kind of this was kind of a, a, a backdoor way of, of finding out about Oz, but they were also really interesting people and in doing this really interesting work. And I said, "Hey, I am um, do this little tarot party in August. You interested?" And they they were just starting to to promote it in in uh, venues, and so it was wonderful. By the time I got to Bats, they had done a couple of things, including um, at. Uh, an Oz-based con meeting uh, Frank Baum's uh, grandniece, great-grandniece, something like that, who's a psychologist, but also reads Tarot and, and really got into their deck. So that was really cool. Um, but it, it, it was—it's always neat to 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 see what what new things. Like I, I can't do—I have to do a, a sort of. Uh, tight uh, high wire act because you I can only, I only have so many slots and I want some of the the old and familiar but I want some of the new and I want you know it, it it's 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 always difficult to, to to get that balance which I think I I I, I managed to do most years. <laughs> well, I thought so. Absolutely, and um, I like. You have a, a few other people who come on um, and t- 
take the stage a bit. I always there's always a great performance every year, and I'm never sure what it's going to be. Um, I never this, you, either. <laughs> I was gonna say, Dev, did you know what they were going to do, or is that one yep. of those trust the universe? Yep. <laughs> I well, I, I trust I trust Nancy Antonucci and I trust Rhonda Lund because they're they're both performers, um, dancers, you know, and and I know that they're going to do something interesting and it's sort of a reverse thing. They do their tryouts at the reader studio and then bring it West to Pat's. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next year. Um, I, I really have come to trust that what needs to happen will happen. So I don't know what the I, I like starting Sunday with a performance because it kind of eases into the day and it loosens things up. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen next year. I know Nancy Antonucci is going to be in Scotland. Curse her. Uh, I am so jealous. Um, so I don't really know what's going to happen. But uh, this year was really... I really liked it because it was it was almost completely nonverbal. It mm. was all energy and activity and I thought that was just fascinating. And people rolled with it. I I, I was really I was really happy, you know. People just sat in the space and rolled with it and laughed in the right places and I know, you know, performers always worry and, and I just I was really pleased. Um but I had no idea. I just didn't know. It was funny to watch other people. So there's a, it's sort of a, it was kind of a, kind of a, a clown performance piece, mm-hmm. and and it was fun to watch other people like look, especially the new people, like look at, uh, um, look around before, like just giving them, is it okay if I can laugh at this? Is this okay? Like, uh-huh. is this, is this yeah. what's supposed to be happening right now? And then it, when they see that, they relax <laughs> and they yeah. they laugh. Yeah, everything I do, I try to subvert people's expectations. It's like I never uh, published the... Uh-oh, we might have lost her there. It is true. Well, if we have lost her, then I think we will take that as our cue to perhaps go to another divination segment. We'll see if we can get her back on the line. And then when we come back, we'll let her finish that thought that she was offering us. So, enjoy our next segment on what is divination. And if you are interested in getting a reading during the show, feel free to call 646-716-5510, or you can Skype in from the show page. Uh, And if you happen to have been at BATS and want to call in and give us a little bit of your own recollections and reminiscences, uh, feel free to do that. Same phone number, 646 Seven one six five five one zero, or Skype in from the show page. So, there you are, and we will be back. Enjoy and think for yourself. What is divination? Well, 
Creatrix of the Jane Austen Tarot and the forthcoming Anne of Green Gables Tarot. My name is Chaz Bogan. I'm one of the owners of the Mystic Dream in Walnut Creek, California. Uh, our web address is uh, themysticdream.com. Hi, I'm Rose Red, co-host of Tarot Vision. Hi, my name is Casimir. I'm Mary Craig Greer. I have a blog at marygreer.wordpress.com, and um, I do tarot. What is divination? Well, it's a way of finding answers to... Well, all kinds of questions. The future, um, the things about yourself. And divination is magical and wise and wonderful, and you should listen to this all the time. To me, divination means partnering and integrating with the divine, bringing it into your space and relating it um, with not only yourself, but to the people whom you allow to be within your space. Communicating with the divine is the simplest. The Cathedral, which is the five uh, from the Incidental Tarot, and for me that's the strength of focus and uh, tradition. Okay, well I'm using the Javamancy board here, which is my own creation, where you throw little uh, coffee beans. And so we're gonna ask, what is divination? All right, so we have a few little things here. Um, we see um, a bean here on the baby cart. So this is, uh, the baby cart talks about new things. So I guess you would say divination is about finding out about new things. <laughs> um, we have the phone here, so divination also has an element of um, answering questions. You think of a phone, it's all about communication. Same here with the, uh, the horn, right where the, uh, the music would come out, you have a bean there too. So it's all about not just communication, but communicating in an artistic way. Uh, well, the card I pulled was the Seven of Swords, and in this picture we have a woman kind of in her traveling gear and she is walking along the coast away from a very big ship which it seems like she has landed on this new land, new adventure um, to expand and learn about and she's looking forward, she's not looking back towards the ship where everyone else is on, she's following her own path, her own journey and this relates to divination to me because this is what I'm doing, I'm finding my own path to see where I can grow the most um, and obtain wisdom and truth in order to not only help myself and raise my vibration, but of those around me. It's the Two of Cups, which shows two people communing with each other, holding cups out to each other with a caduceus um, arising out of their conjunction, and above that a um, winged lion head, all in red, which I've always seen as the healing power of love. And so I guess, yeah, at its deepest, divination is really about the healing power of that loving connection when you really meet somebody one-on-one -on -one and you're working with them to bring through something that's their deepest truth.
listening to the Emma Historical Divination with a Queer Twist with hosts High C and Charlie Harrington on Firefly Willows L I V E. And we are back, and we have got Thalassa back on the line with us. Sorry about the little disconnect there, Thalassa. Uh, and we are sorry that you got interrupted in what you were saying. <laughs> oh, the universe is a cruel censor. I know, isn't it, though? Um, You're on the line. Hello? And one thing that I wanted to make sure that we asked you about was whether registration is open for next year yet or when it might be and how people can go about finding out about that. And I think you also have a couple of fundraisers and things that you'll be doing throughout the year leading up to next year's bats. Yes. Um, Currently, if you go to the website, www.dodivination.com you will see the bats preserved in amber because I haven't made any changes to it but um, hopefully um, later this week I'm going to do a limited super special uh, pre-reg rate Um, I always uh, open registration briefly at the end of bats at a, a ridiculously low rate. Um, and so I'll be doing that, and I'll be sending out my newsletter, The Flying Squirrel, that will also kind of alert people that uh, that'll be available. It won't be open for long, um, but it's a great way, if you can, to, to get in um, very affordably. But I'm also um, going to open registration formally the same time I open the room block, which will be probably late December, early January. Um, I have to get the contract, and and the hotel won't let me open the room block until X amount of time has passed after the contract means I don't produce events. It's ridiculous. Um, (laughs) But once that happens, um, I, I will have to raise my fees. I hate to do it, but... You, you can't break wind at a hotel without it costing money, and I, so I, I will have to pass some of that on. But what I will be doing is um, payment plans so that people can spread that out. Um, I may also do some stuff where um, for a, a higher registration fee, you get more perks, that kind of stuff. So I'm still working that out, but I should have that kind of solidified by the end of the year. But the stuff I'm really excited about is because I just, I'm just i never going to do another crowdfunding. It's so hard to do, and they, they, they take so much money. Is that what I'm going to do instead are fundraisers, which are really, really fun. Um, there's an event I, I did years ago that I've always wanted to do again, and it will probably be in April, right around Shakespeare's birthday. It's called Shakespeare Magic and Tarot, and it's exactly that. It's um, Queen Elizabeth and her court will come and do courtly masks and dances and, and talk about the Tarot, and Dr. D will make an appearance, and there will be um, reading technique and, and Shakespeare, and it, it's, a, it's a wonderful, fun thing, and um That'll be a fundraiser for bats, and then um, I'm going to do what I I did a, a a fundraiser that I threw together as a last minute in July of this year that was fun, but it was basically a night in Batstopia, and it was sort of like a mini bats. There were you know people doing little 
talks and readings and there was live jazz and food and a raffle and a silent auction and, and that sort of thing. So I'm going to be doing, um, and that's a more traditional kind of fundraiser, so I'll be doing that probably in the early summer. Um, so there'll be lots of stuff and, and I'll be sending out newsletters and and other things and I will eventually get the website updated. But another good way if you're on Facebook um is there's a group called SF Bats. Hello? Yes. We are oh, here. Oh, sorry. I thought I Maybe the voices of my Rice Krispies are talking. <laughs> uh, that, that happens. I hallucinate early and often. Um, but uh, uh, the, there's a group and then there's a page. And the page in Facebook, as you know, is is all about promotion and announcements. And there's not a lot of, of interaction. The group is very interactive. And it's been, I think it's one of the reasons why this BATS was such a, a social success is that people could really talk and, and be silly and post silly things. But that's also going to be a, a great conduit of information. Um, there's also an SF BATS Twitter feed, um, which I haven't been as assiduous about because I hate Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but we're trying to get better at that. Um, so there, there are ways to, to to get information about bats if you're interested in that sort and, of batsy thing. Yeah, and so besides the Facebook group, then also the website is the best place to go for updated information and to subscribe to the newsletter as well. They can do that on the the, right. the website. Right now, the website is not the most updated. <laughs> the website has the website is still where it was before bats. We well, hope but to they fix can, that this week. Yeah, but they can subscribe to the newsletter so they'll get that oh, yes. announcement. Yes, and yes. and they can just check from time to time on the website and it'll be updated when it's right for it to be updated and they'll suddenly discover new information. And just to remind well, people that the website is do divination, D O divination dot com. Yes, the Divination Nation. Um and we, <laughs> We're really excited. There's, I, I forgot it. There's one more fundraising thing. Um, Carrie Paris has created a um, bat-themed Littermond called the Legendary Littermond. Um, and uh, Doug, uh, God, I forget his last name, Thornshio, who did the, the Circus Maji Tarot, he did the, the tuck box, and I did the little white book, and Pamela Steele is doing something, and Carrie Paris did the cards. So it's this wonderful collaborative effort, and we hope that will be available um, in October, and that will be another fundraiser for bats. So you can get a, a deck and support bats, and we'll be, of course, screaming from the rooftops when that comes available. I was really excited by that one, and then she's included some um, heretical cards in there <laughs> that are not normally in a Lenormand deck, for example, the Bat Scots. I really yes. like the Bat Scots. So yes. <laughs> I'm looking forward We're to very uh, fond that of the deck. Bat Scots. Yeah, oh no, she's done some really fun, fun stuff. I mean it was just she'd send me a card and I'd squee and, and <laughs> mm. I think it's a yeah, very creative she... way to I think one of the things that people enjoyed about crowdfunding, there's a lot they didn't like it, but one thing they liked about it was the idea of like, oh I can I get something? So I like the idea of Yes. Yes, I'm donating to a good... No, I'm not donating. I'm contributing to a good cause, but I also get a lovely deck to use. So it's a win-win. Yeah, well, Beth, 
Beth Salinen did the compound tarot, and part of that helped produce bats. Um, and so people got this wild, wacky, wonderful coloring book um, or deck that they could color in and, um, you know, help support bats. And so I really like that kind of stuff. It's the same thing with, you know, going to a fun event. You're, 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 you're not just flinging money. You're actually getting something that, that's enjoyable or interesting. And, and I, I love that, that. I love participating in those things, and I've been very, very gratified that, that people have been inspired to help bats this way because it really is it, – it's supported by the community, and it, it comes from the community, and it's been wonderful to see the community step forward and help continue to make this happen because it's really all for you guys. <laughs> right on, well, absolutely. Well, see, do you hear that, Charlie? It's just for us. It's just for us. We appreciate that, well, just, you know. Okay. I, Everyone I else is kind of a Ch- bonus, but you know. No, it's really just for Charlie. I'm That's sorry, rude. I see. Oh, oh. now the so now my begun. ticket is invalid. That's right. <laughs> so you can send that my it way. Was a, it was supposed to be Charlie. I went in years past. That's okay. I see. It's your turn for your, your your brief time in the spotlight, I suppose. But. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, is there anything else you want to, people to know about what's to come? If people wanted, let's say someone imagined that they wanted uh, to uh, submit an application to give a presentation for BATS, what are the things that they should, one, consider? And then how might they, what are the, the sort of nuts and bolts of going I, about it? I don't, I don't solicit presentations. Um, I do, I'm, I'm already to into 2016, um, there are people that I approach. There are people who um, I've talked to. Um, I a limited number of people um, who are interested in presenting. What I really, I really need to see what it will add to the to bats. It's not the only way I can afford to go to BATS is to make a presentation. I have heard <laughs> this. Um, it's what can you add that is unique, that fits with BATS, because this is not the place to do the real orthodox, to do the real doctrinaire. Um, this is the place where you want to be engaged and you know challenging and 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 um sharing your enthusiasm and so um when people have approached me i've i've asked them for some fairly rigorous criteria because it really isn't about the present I despise ego in all of its forms. What I want are people who are part, willing to be add their threads to the tapestry um, that comes from an honest place, a real place, an inspired place that fits with the tapestry we're, we're weaving with bats. And I only add a few new threads every year. Um, and and so I don't I don't. Um, and the same thing with vendors. You know, I, I get 
well, the only way I can afford to attend is if I have a vending table. And they, well, what do you vend? Um, oh, that. Gosh, that'll fit. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like people don't think through how it's something that will be of value and interest to the whole event. It's not just about you making your presentation or you putting your stuff out on a table. It's about how this contributes to the to the overall experience of the people who are attending. Is this something they're going to like? Is it something they're going to be interested in? Is it something that, that's going to add to the excitement? Or is it just you doing your thing? Mm-hmm. I know that sounds a little harsh, but... I point to the quality of the event. It's it's very carefully to use the fashionable phrase curated. Mm-hmm. I curate everything to a fairly well, um, and so you know I'm I'm constantly working on bats. Uh, well, not right now. I'm dead right now. But um, when I start to work on it, you know, it's like if I don't know somebody, and they present their work, I'm going to ask them for some very specific stuff and then I'm going to do a little investigating just to see you know, how you know does this person play well with others do they share toys <laughs> do they take naps <laughs> um if, you know, will they fit will this be some because every so often I'll accept somebody and my spidey sense will go eh, didn't quite fit and those are the ones that I get I hear back. People go, "Oh, that wasn't a really great presentation," or "Oh, that was kind of weirder." Oh, that was a harsh note. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in the same kind of light trance that I use when I read. Is kind of how I weave bats. So I have to 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 really feel that this will go be a a, a good fit, because when it isn't, it's it's that little. You know that little nubbin on your sweater that drives you crazy. <laughs> oh, right on. So, so setting the bar high sounds like a good thing for any conference. I I, I think because people they've they've you know paid a sum of money and they've they've chose this over everything else, so mm-hmm. they don't want their time to be wasted. So exactly, and you know I I feel it's my my duty to 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 give people the the best possible event that I can put together and it's sometimes hard to t- explain that to people because they go oh I want to present or oh I want to do it's like but you know you you it, it's not just about you 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 have to be part of this whole wonderful experience so yeah um that's where being the queen of swords comes in really handy <laughs> well then I I think that that means that people will have a 2015 bats to look forward to, 24th annual, I do believe, that yep. will be expertly curated and will certainly be never a waste of their time or money and probably more than worth what they invest in it from both of those things. Well, and that's what so, I hope for. <laughs> well, I, if past years, but especially this year, have been any indication, then I would say your hope has already been fulfilled and we have nothing to worry about. Oh, never say that. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have to go out in the backyard and sacrifice a goat (laughs) to propitiate the gods. 
I know a good guy down the street from you. Um, <laughs> well, thank you very much for taking a little bit of time this evening to come on and reminisce a little bit about this year's and also give us a nice teaser for next year to make us all start to already feel excited about registering and looking forward to the next one. Well, I'm I'm really excited about next year um, with everything that I'm doing. I'm, I'm excited, and I and I'm very grateful for you listening to Be Babble. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, she's ranting again. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we're always we're always happy to hear you flap your wings, your bat wings. <laughs> what a bat wings. Yes. Well, thank you, darling. So so thank you very much, and just a reminder to everyone, you can keep up with the latest doings and goings-on and registration information at the website dodivination.com, as well as subscribe to the newsletter so you get the information hot off the presses as soon as it comes out. And also on Facebook, you can join the SF Bats group, uh, and that also will not only have information, but it gives you a chance to start interacting with people who you may or may not know, and then you have a chance to look forward to meeting them in person at BATS next year. So the anticipation and excitement will just build and build to the point that you're bursting at the seams. <laughs> exactly. You, yes. you, 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 you're, you, that's my cunning plan. You found me out. <laughs> we have eyes and oh, ears and in all of the courts. Um, the newsletter is called The Flying Squirrel. So if you subscribe and something called the flying squirrel appears in your inbox, that's the newsletter. <laughs> it's not from a prince in Nigeria trying to get your attention. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and if you'd it's like to see, and, and if you'd like to see Thalassa before then, then if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area around the holiday time, feel free to check out the Dickens Fair where you can see her in her full regalia uh, and, 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 and glory as she... Yes, the fluffy pink thing. Yes. <laughs> so thank you very much, Thalassa. And we wish you a, a, an evening of blessed surprises. Well, thank you both. Take care. Take care. Right. See you soon. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, Charlie, I was curious as we were talking there, is there any particular workshop or presentation that you attended that stood out for you that you look back and go, oh, that was kind of the highlight for the the weekend for you? For me, the very best was Gina Thies of Texas. And her um, she did a workshop about her sort of tarot therapy method. And... I went into it kind of just because I thought, oh, well, I like Gina Thies, and that sounds kind of fun. But for me, that sort of wobbly, wishy-washy therapy method of looking at divination isn't always my... Because when people say tarot therapy, sometimes they think they just sort of mean they're just going to see how the cards make them feel and decide, you know, based on that. And it, 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 it kind of isn't my thing. But it was fantastic. It was um, all about working with the client to create, um, well, basically, she talked about it as reverse engineering a reading. She talked about a normal reading is someone has their question, and then you do some analysis of cards, and then you kind of, and then you come with, you you finish with the 
suggested actions and sort of the plan of action. Whereas with Gina Thies' method that she taught, it was all about you start with the desired goal of the client. You tell them they want they tell you how the, everything wants to finish, and then you kind of unpack um, what 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 it'll take to get them there, where they they see themselves at in that process, and then at the end you kind of do you do some reading and talk about steps and goals uh, that they can use to achieve that. Just and, and it, something she said was very empowering, which was she always asks her clients, you know, so one, how can today's reading su- su- support you? And the person might say, well, I really want to find a relationship. And then she sa- asks something I've never heard anyone else ask before. She says, on a scale of one to ten, how do you feel about your ability to have a new relationship right now? And the person might say, I'm a two or a three. And I think that's really interesting because I, I think as a reader, I've fallen into the trap of imagining that it's my job to get to everyone, everyone to a 10, to be like absolutely ready to make the, their dreams come true right after the reading. When if someone comes to you and they're maybe only on a two or three uh, in regards to being able to be in a relationship, maybe the goal of the reading will get, you know, the reading the reading can get them to be like a five, you know, a six. So I thought that was very empowering. There's a lot of insights. She's a wonderful teacher. She used the time really well. Uh, she had us discover sort of our style of reading because I think a lot of readers believe that there's one type of reader or one style of reader out there or there's, maybe there's just two or three and she helped us sort of uncover what qualities that we want to express as readers. So I thought that was, that was my number one uh, workshop for the uh, entire show. How about you? All right. Um, I think probably the one that kind of impacted me the most was one that was led by Ellen Lorenzi Prince and Nancy Antonucci and it was um, geared around well they do they they have the Dark Goddess Lodge and so they had kind of it was a twofold presentation one because you know the, the, the symbol and the theme of bats is bats I know that's surprising um, and so they they first presented a spread where they had looked up the symbology of bats in four different cultures, um, Babylonia, China, um, the Mayan culture, and medieval times. And um, they then created a spread where each of the there was two positions for each one based around the culture or the time period that related to the symbolism of bats in each of those and that was really interesting and then they led us through a um meditation uh, because they also did a uh, spread that was based on lilith the power of lilith um mm-hmm. as the as one of the dark goddesses that they were using for this particular presentation uh, you know, so we did a, a meditation where we were like developing taloned feet and had, you know, wings started to come out of us and things. And then they had a spread that was based around those different aspects, like what are the, you know, what are my wings? Um, what are my talons? How can they carry me and that kind of thing? So it, it was just a really impactful and, and a very interesting experience and exercise to go through um, and just the focus and overall theme of it um, really struck me so that that was what really stood out I mean there was a few others that I really enjoyed 
you know, Mary Greer's Lenormand uh, presentation was really good, especially for anybody that was new to the Lenormand, because she was really good at just getting you in there in the basic level and helping you understand the system and then starting to work with it with just like two or three cards for a reading rather than the grand tableau, which you're sometimes all of a sudden presented with and you're like, ah, oh, 36 cards, good grief. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, Julie Kusha Watts, uh, I thought was also interesting because she does what's, what she calls um, real sky astrology, which is doing astrology based on the sky back in ancient Egypt, which shifts things a little bit from what we have in the Western astrology. So for me, that was just mm-hmm. very interesting just to hear that insight. But that workshop on the dark goddess um, and bats that Ellen Lorenzi Prince and Nancy Antonucci did in particular, I think stood out for me. So I really enjoyed that. I liked um, Mary Greer's sort of look at the high priestess. It was kind of unexpected. So it's very often there'll, there'll be a presentation on a single card. And I, I always try to go to those because I feel like they show you a different way of looking at a card. And I went in and I sort of knew the sort of the different legends about the history of the high priestess. But I really like what um, Mary Greer really uh, looked at the symbols on the high priestess card and she got very spicy. Yeah, she talked a lot about <laughs> some of the sexual imagery of the high priestess card and sort of the the, the sexual philosophy of that. And the, the, the um, you know the, she talked about how the anatomically uh, people often associate the high priestess cards uh, different symbols with a vagina and looking at that and um, being two the number two <coughs> the number of union. And so I was like, you go, Mary Greer. You, I got a little bit uh, PG-13 in that uh, the <laughs> workshop, just uh, on the high priestess card. So. Oh, that high priestess and what she's hiding behind those veils. Uh-huh. One mm. thing um, sort of across the board that I think this year for, for me, like the Bats experience was, was about um, listening and being creative with the systems that you um, are working with. There was no, no one really got up there and said like, you know, this is what you do. Okay. You know, step one, listen to me. Step two, now everyone do exactly what I told you to do. Um, And when we were listening to those sound bites that we picked up, I thought that kind of came through as well, that the, the approach to bats this year, you know, at bats people's approach to divination this year was all about, how to improve that conversation. Uh, I, I mean, my answer to that question, what is divination, is living in conversation with the universe. And I, I, I just thought there was a lot of interesting takes on that. And I, uh, the last thing I'll talk about would be like uh, Michelle Jackson. Uh, she was teaching bone reading, um, which she's uh, an expert at. And what I loved, with, with much humility, um, she said in the beginning, like at the end of this class, you'll be able to read bones. And I thought, okay, that's ambitious. This is like, like none of us have ever tried that before. <laughs> what are you talking about, lady? And she went through the system and showed how adaptable it is and how, you know, and that was useful. And by the end of the, the uh, class, everyone thought they could probably read poems. And, you know, sometimes you learn a divination system in a class and you try it in real life and you look, you stare at it and you're like, I have just no idea. But... <laughs> She showed you not, you know, this means this, that means that, this turn to the left means this, but it's all about how, for her and the system, it was about how you approach the world or our questions or our state of, be, of, of being 
from a divination point of view as if there's ways to uncover more information and, and to get answers and to sort of marinate on some of what you're thinking. So that was my sort of overall sort of feel of what the classes, so what tied them together. Yeah, and I think that one other thing that, that I felt was seemed to be a common theme that I encountered throughout the weekend was this um, idea that you can almost pick up anything and use it as a divination tool or as an oracular tool. Uh, and, you know, you see that with Carrie Paris's Magpie Oracle, for example, which is a bunch of different charms. Um, but it's, you know, you can use anything as long as you go into it understanding and being very clear with yourself. This is how you're going to approach it. This is what these things are going to mean, at least to you. And then you put it into use and it can become a tool for you to use that takes you into more subtle information and messages that we might not be able to see or perhaps access without that tool to get us to that just that next little step that we need so that was for me one of the big themes that i seem to keep hearing was it wasn't just about using cards mm. but about using anything that can become a divination or oracular system or tool it's just done so with intention and with you know going into it with that focus and that understanding and working with it in a way that makes sense to you and that you are consistent with so so there you are i think mm -hmm. there are our impressions so we're going to take another break where we're going to hear some more from people at bats about what they feel divination is and when we come back we will have our living the queer life segment where we will be pulling a card to see what information, guidance, advice is offered for us to live our queerest self in the coming month, uh, meaning just being yourself regardless of what that is and not needing to try to conform it into someone else's expectation or what they say normal is versus allowing yourself to fully express yourself in the world. So we will be doing that right after this. Hi, I'm, I'm Carrie Paris. Consider myself a diviner, and my website is carrieparis.com. Hi, this is Marcia McCord, creator of the Death Bunny Lenormand. My name is Juno Lucina, and I'd like to tell you what divination is. My name is Michelle Jackson. I am the author of Bone Shells and Curios. My name is Mitch Osborne. I go by the Intuitive Messenger, and you can locate me online at www.intuitivemessenger.org. And I am a psychic medium, soul coach, and animal communicator. Divination is a window into the soul. It's not for me. It's not so much about predicting the future. I, I'm not very interested in that. Um, it's more about 
giving advice on what line of action people can take, like what's their actionable outcome that they can create for themselves to change their future into something that's presenting a more happy ending. Divination is the process of connecting the all with the minute, the had it with the knew it, so that we can see through an external larger glass what we in our small glass aren't seeing in our own individual life. It's not just connecting with the divine, which is, which is a part of it, it's called divining for a reason, but it is stepping aside and making connections so that it's not, it is fortune telling, but it's not to tell you your fortune, it's to tell you what your options are so that you can make the best choice to determine your own life. Divination is the book. It's a mystery. Come and learn the mysteries. Divination for me is uh, connecting to God, spirit, a higher source or my higher self um, to find inspiration and guidance. I pulled Cleopatra, also known as the woman in this deck. So it's about um, being the queen or the leader or the ruler of your own destiny. So I'm using Chiro Marchetti's Legacy of the Divine Tarot. Oh, I have to take the card that flew out. Oh, crap. It's the High Priestess. So um, what, is, what is it to me? So that is um, having the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of all things to be able to guide people with clarity and stability. Listening to the Amethyst Oracle Divination with a Queer Twist with hosts Hi C and Charlie Harrington on Firefly Willows L I V E.
Stone and Stang. A spiritual gathering for men who love men will be held October 3rd to the 6th, 2014 at a private healing center in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Sponsored by the Brothers of the Unnamed Path, this event will consist of workshops and presentations focused on creating social change and healing through the lens of magic and brotherhood. Come and share your energy and love with your presence. Presentation slots are still available for those interested. More information on this exciting weekend gathering can be found at www.stoneandstang.com. Blessed be. And welcome back. This is the Amethyst Historical. I'm High C. I am joined by my esteemed co-host, Charlie Harrington. Hi, and hi. Hello. And we have reached that point in the show that we do each month where we look to our divination and oracles to give us some insight and guidance as to how to live the queer life in the coming month. And I always want to remind people that regardless of when you're hearing this, you are hearing it when you need to hear it. So whether you are listening live to the show and this is for the coming month or you're hearing this three years from now, when you hear this, it is the right time, so this is what message you need to be hearing, and therefore you can take note of it. So, Charlie, I'm curious if you have pulled I a card or used have, some other tool. I've pulled forth, I decided to, to go basic with the tarot. It's funny, I thought we've been talking about all these other divination systems and this sort of different magical sort of approach to... Uh, receiving messages. I'm just going to go with tarot. I'm just going to be very basic. And of course I get the high priestess, which means the tarot (laughs) says, no, you're a jerk. (laughs) And my message to everyone is to just listen to that message and try and listen until you get the full message. I think when people are, are listening for a message where they get mixed up is they decide what they really, really hope desperately would like, they would like to happen and they kind of live in a false reality. But the high priestess, um, she's not the queen of cups who just listens and tells everyone it's going to be great. The, uh, she's the, looks dead ahead and sees things as they absolutely are. And she is the guardian at the threshold to the unknown. Which, so it's sort of my message to you, world. <laughs> to listen to your divine queer self, um, you need to, or you might want to at least, um, be open to seeing yourself as you truly are, forgiving yourself, and moving forward with the information you've been given and trusting in the information that is coming to you um, that feels right and uh you know, if that is asking for guidance from no, no, actually, next month maybe ask for guidance <laughs> from others. The uh, the high priestess really is your own inner knowing, as Donna Lay likes to say on her show. So that's what I have for you this month. And apparently, we're supposed to ponder vaginas in hidden places. Yes, based on what you said earlier. <laughs> you know, honestly, there's a lot of problems in the world today because people are very afraid of those. And I think we need to embrace that. Even as a as a platinum gay myself, <laughs> I um I I I was intrigued by Mary Greer's 
uh, interpretation of that. And so I think, you know, another part of, sure, of the message this month is the divine feminine and the divine in, and seeing the divine feminine within. And if you can, if, if you don't have a vagina, if you can just get down with your sort of vagina on the other side, your spiritual feminine <laughs> self, you will, it'll be good for you. It'll, 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 <laughs> you'll learn something apparently and you'll receive a message and then you'll be able to pass through the dark, moist void and into the, uh, the next great uh, part of your saga. How's okay. that? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was wet with imagery. That's right. <laughs> um, well, I am struck by the fact that the card that came up for me uh, is the judgment card. And mm. it's number 20 in the major arcana. So it's a two numerologically. And so is the high priestess. So it seems as if the number two is perhaps a, a big theme or a major energy during this month. Um, this certainly is not surprising considering just last night we had our full moon in Pisces. Uh, and the, um, you know, two is about partnership so uh, and relationship. So there seems to be a lot this month about how we are connecting with others on a deeper level. And that can also be connecting with ourselves, connecting with spirit guides and that kind of thing. If we take the high priestess into account there, it may be connecting and developing relationship with things that are beyond the veil in some way. Uh, so I would pay attention, especially if it feels as if we are receiving information or messages or signs from the other side, quote unquote. And uh, two is also for me a number of roots. So at the seed level with one, we plant the seed. Two is when we establish the roots underground. So a lot about this month may be going back to our roots, maybe coming back to that core primary place that really is what roots us and grounds us in who we are, what we believe, what we do. Uh, and, you know, the, the roots also tend to spread out. So we may want to be kind of reaching out and spreading out a bit to things at a deeper level, making that deeper connection, finding that nourishment deeper down rather than just on the surface. Um, so similar to what your high priestess was indicating, I think, that what we may be needing or seeking or asking about may be found in un, um, unusual places or just non-obvious places. So pay attention to the subtleties. Read between the lines. Uh, connect the dots. Make those connections to things because it may not come in a very obvious form, but if we can connect the dots, we may see the form begin to emerge for what it is that we're seeking or needing to know or looking for in terms of direction or action to take. Um, and with the judgment card coming there, there is that sense of uh, coming into a new awareness, um, moving into a great... It's kind of like moving beyond illusion because we're coming to that greater sense of what is and what is possible, especially from what it is that we have already experienced and been through. Um, on a practical level, the judgment card often indicates that we need to exercise good judgment and good discernment in the coming month. Uh, so make sure that we are doing that um, rather than 
going against what our better instincts may be saying or if we hear ourselves saying things like, well, I know I probably shouldn't do this, but then that should be a red flag because especially with the judgment card, it's it's calling us to use that judgment and discernment rather than find a way to justify overlooking it or going against it. Um, so that's what I would say about that for the coming month. Anything else big weighty like things there. No, I think that's. I like that off the last couple of months it's been kind of actiony, and this is uh, uh, bigger, more inward. I don't know. <laughs> well, it so. is. You know, it's interesting. So the deck that I'm using, I'm actually using the the Crow's Magic deck, and mm-hmm. the um, astrological sign for the Judgment card that they have on here is Sagittarius. So the fact that you use the word bigger, but it also would say when you talk about we've had the action-y cards more recently, it's kind of saying, and now it's time to figure out instead of just how do I do things that I want or need or that are for myself, how do I now look at what I'm doing in the world in a bigger way? How do I aim higher and how do I, how can I take that so that it is about me and the world around me rather than just for my own um, benefit or reward in some way. So, you know, aim higher this month and think more globally, think more broadly, think more big vision, um, rather, and, and where what you've already done, what you've already experienced, where can that take you? What can that open up on a bigger level? Uh, so even if we've been taking action, how can I take action that now is not just about me, but also is about me and the world around me? That is our Living the Queer Life segment for this month. Hopefully there's something in there that you can ponder, that you can utilize, that you can perhaps um, put into action in some way in your life uh, that will help to move you forward or will help to bring you the insight that you are needing as to what is in your best and highest interest rather than just instant gratification or ego-based. So we're going to hear one more segment of people talking about what is divination to them. And then when we come back from that, we're going to go to the phone lines. Operators are standing by, i.e. Charlie and Heisey, um, to start offering readings for people that are in the queue. So enjoy the next divination segment. And then when we come back, we will be going to do the readings. And if you would like to get in that queue, you can do so by Skyping in from the show page or you can call Tarasina and my husband Martin and I created the Fifth Tarot. Um, you can visit us on our website at uh, beaconsoflove.com or thefifthtarot.com. In addition to doing tarot readings and other types of divination, we're also shamanic energy workers. My name is Gina Jean. I am uh, going to be the future author of a book on the Oracle Baleen, which is an old divination tool from France. 
1800. Hi, I'm Julie Kushawat, and I'm the creator and designer of the uh, Ancestral Path Tarot, the Blue Moon Tarot, the Mahat Tarot, and the New Journey into Egypt Tarot. My work can be found on newmoontradingco.com, and you can reach me at newmoonnetworks.net. N-E-T-W-U-R-X dot net. Hi, I'm Rana George. I'm the author of the bestseller, The Essential Normal. My website is ranageorge.com, R-A-N-A-G-E-O-R-G-E dot com. My name is Iris Red Raven, and I am a uh, longtime uh, fortune teller. I read Tarot, and I have for many years, and I currently read Tarot at the Sacred Well in Oakland, California. You can reach the Sacred Well at sacredwell.com. Divination is really simply being attuned to the magic of everyday life and reading the things that present themselves. And you can use tools like tarot cards and throwing sticks and stones and bones. Um, and you can just be aware of things that come across your path. Uh, especially as a shamanic practitioner, both Martin and I, you know, you watch what nature has to offer you the things that are there. Divination to me is a true connection to spirit and the connection that we all have to one another as the cosmic universe. Divination to me is sort of a way to communicate with your greater self or a way to tap into something that's bigger than yourself. It's sort of a, a spontaneous thing and I think the way that it works is that everything happens for a reason and because everything happens for a reason that's why the cards can work. And it's sort of like the laws of the universe. That, you know, everything's connected, everything's alive, everything is happening like a big dance. And that uh, using these little symbols as representatives of real reality, you can tap into the parts that you can't see. Divination is basically getting in touch with um, the key to your own map. Divination to me is the art of looking at patterns that are already in play and um, usually using some sort of a tool to parcel out those patterns and try to make them applicable to everyday life. So I use the cards, but I think almost any tool can be used in order to find out what patterns are going to make the next thing happen. Using our fifth tarot deck, the card that comes up is the Two of Feathers, and in this deck it's called Truth. And what I love about that explanation is that when you do divination, your um, mental thoughts, uh, ego thoughts get out of the way and you get the truth from whatever you're divining because you're connecting with the unknown, the magical, mystical, intuitive, higher conscious self that gives you the truth. The card I was imagining right now was um, the card called Réussite and it's also called Success and uh, it's one of the cards that I pulled when I was in uh, front of the house of the magician that created the deck and when I arrived I asked, have I arrived at your space? 
and the card I pulled was the Yusit, which is success. Right now I'm going to shuffle the New Journey into Egypt tarot deck, and uh, there it is, the Six of Swords. It's a journey into the other world, <laughs> a spiritual journey. That's divination. I'm using my Lenormand deck, and I'm going to pull three cards. The divination is seeing through the fog of life, the beauty, and your path, and your guidance, and uh, the stars. Basically, divination um, sweep away all the curtain and this reality um, that our eyes distract us from what is behind the true eye that we have and we can see the beauty and the stars and go and find like a different path. This is Literaux de Femme Erotique and it is a self-published deck um, by an amazing artist out of Santa Cruz and you can go to beautyhistorymagic.com and get your own copy. Um, and I pulled the Five of Cups. The uh, card here is telling me that divination is um, useful, helpful. It can be an emotional support to you, but sometimes you don't get the answers that you like. And it's important to look at the truth even if it's not what you want to hear. You're listening to the Amic Historical Divination with a Queer Twist with hosts Hi C and Charlie Harrington on Firefly Willows L I V E. Find out more at facebook.com slash the amethyst oracle and we are back thank you for listening i'm heisty i'm joined by charlie harrington and this is the portion of the show where you the listener have the opportunity to call in and receive a reading live on the air so, we are going to go ahead and jump right to the phone queue, and we are going to bring in our caller from area code 323. Are you there, caller from area code 323? Yes, I am. Welcome to the show. Can you tell us your name and where you're calling from? Wendy from Hollywood. From Hollywood, we have a celebrity, a celebrity, Charlie, I tell you. Isn't everyone, isn't everyone in Hollywood famous? Oh, yes. <laughs> right on. Good answer. At least, in Good the, answer. At, least, at least in the spotlight of their own ego, they are, let me just tell you, Hollywood. <laughs> and they're anyway. all Botox and plastic. <laughs> so what is it that we could look at for you today? Um, uh, my work area in my life is really horrible, and I'd like some insight and enlightenment. Okay. So are you wanting to just to look to see how that's going to progress, or do you want to look and see if now is a good time to make a change? Well, I'm waiting for a really awesome job that's been greenlit to start, and it's taking forever. And in between, I need to figure out what to do, and I'm lost. All right, we're on the case. Let's see. <clears throat> All right. Oh boy. Okay. Um. Let's see. 
So in your past, we have the stars, which is the card of hope. And you mentioned that the the the, the uh, job had been greenlit, but so it. Uh, the stars is a, is a wonderful time when we feel refreshed. We feel we can move forward. We feel like we've healed from something. But we go from the stars to your current position, which is the fool, which is um, it's starting fresh. And it is also with following the stars like this, it looks like it is actually time for you to move forward. The fool would be foolish if he just sort of tr- uh, trusted in the universe blindly and walked off the cliff. But the, the, the divine fool <laughs> um, knows when it's time to make kind of a course correction. Mm-hmm. Um, and your future... I'll talk about what the, the, the to-do um, card is. That's the last card. But the, the future looks bright. It's the six of wands for you, which is you moving toward your goal and towards a um, uh, position of leadership, actually. But um, the to-do card I have is the Ace of Wands. And this deck has an interesting Ace of Wands. It's a big green field, and there's a stump, a a tree stump in it. And behind the tree stump is a little rabbit, and it looks like it, it wants to run away, you know, but it's, it's, a, it's a big open field and that, that can be very uncomfortable for uh, a rabbit. I'm thinking of a, that horrible scene in Bambi. So um, what that tells me is that with the Ace of Wands, it's you are ready to go. You are ready to go, go, go. And you are, you have the energy to be moving forward right now and there's a bit of fear about well I, I can't leave just yet I don't want to leave this other opportunity behind I I I'm gonna wait you know and so I see and then um, if we go from the ace of wands to your future the six of wands there's fire there's moving forward so it, it's actually time to push in a different direction for now um, mm-hmm. so, um, so that you can use this energy that you have the um, uh, the, 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 the getting from the fool to the six of wands. Um, the big thing with the six of wands is the sixes always show uh, uneven relationships. It's one person above other people, and it's time for you to be the leader, to be the be the ball, be the person in charge. Um, of what is going on. It's, it's good to push. Um, leader types tend not to just sort of wait until everything aligns and then someone sort of presents them with the, um, something great. So it's not right now about you waiting for other people to be comfortable or waiting for other people to be ready. It's, it's okay to push right now and to be... I'm sorry, go ahead. It is okay to push? I believe it is okay to push right now. You've got that ace of wands in the present, which is like you have the energy to do this, and then the six, that six of wands, it, you get there by moving forward down your path. So, yeah, it is okay for you to be a gadfly in the ears of, or, uh, of the people who made you promises, and it's okay for you to um, put yourself out there in a very concerted, specific way. It's, it's, it's not about like whatever happens, happens right now. I feel like it is the six of wands, it's about taking your goal, your desire, and, and, and 
not settling on that topic. Does that make sense right now for your situation? Utterly and completely. And the open field is where I I will end up being, hopefully. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah, the, the open field, the aces are all about that potential energy and the open field, it, it, uh, it has a lot of room for you to expand into. Does that make sense? You're giving me chills. <laughs> okay, good, because I thought I was being really vague. <laughs> right Not on. at um, all. Okay, good. It's um, but, uh, no, the, um, so, what we, if the, okay, if the future was the star, then I would say, oh, just hang in there, life, you know, it's all about trusting, and it's all about this process, and you're healing, blah, blah, blah. But that's that's in the past. The hope was in the past. So it's sort of like hope is not a tool for you right now. Uh, Marcus Katz, who wrote oh, no. Tarosophy, talks about how hope can be dangerous in that it, people can sort of live on it, and we get the kind of a cargo cult situation. So that's my mm-hmm. take, but I'm going to turn you, you. So that was the insights. Now here's how I see for the enlightenment. Ooh, thanks. Well, I, I don't know if I can live up to that billing, but uh, we'll, we'll see what you hear. Um, so I'm not sure what your expected timetable around this is. Uh, when, when, when are you anticipating that this job will begin? Um, well, I was told I've been any day now but i my instincts are telling me past christmas and i can't wait past christmas i need it now so so i i think that one you need to pay attention to your instincts and i will tell you why um i have uh one two three so i have three out of five cards that have come up that are all related to capricorn that's me. Uh, so, well, but I also would anticipate that's probably telling us when this is likely to manifest. Capricorn is an Earth suit, and so there is that, and it's kind of the final Earth suit, so it's when something comes to full manifestation. And so that's when I would anticipate that this would become a reality. Now, I don't want you to give up on this job. I still want you to be available for it when it does come open uh but in the meantime the two of wands reversed shows up for in the position of what is what can help in this right now and so um when the two of wands is reversed for me it tends to say we need to simply do something or take action on what is in front of us at this moment rather than continuing to hold out for future or promised potential or possibility. And that's not to say that this job isn't going to happen. But what I would say is maybe you just need to go and find a short-term job that gives you some income for the moment while you're waiting that is easy to get into, is easy to get out of, so that you can then just kind of leave it when this job starts rather than feeling as if it's an either-or situation of I hold out for this job, but then I'm, you know, getting evicted from my apartment, or I go get another job and then I have to give up this, this job opportunity. I don't see this as giving up this job opportunity. 
just recognizing the reality of the situation and perhaps just doing something in the interim to fill in the gap while you're waiting for something that is out of your control. The Ten of Swords comes in here and what's the biggest obstacle or challenge? On the one hand, that would tell me that the complications or the bureaucracy or the things that are creating the delay are not in your control but are something that is being imposed upon you by other people. But it's just their circumstance. They're the ones that are are in control of those circumstances. So there's not a lot you can do about that. Um, Also, the Ten of Swords would tell me that the biggest challenge may be that it'll take another 10 weeks or so. And so all of this is going to point to a very similar time period. I think that you'll be firmly in... um, settled into it by Capricorn, which is end of the year. Uh, I think that we'll start to see movement around it in the Scorpio time frame. And also because of the Fool card coming in there that Charlie had, um, I uh, the Fool card relates to Uranus. And we've been going through a very long period of a Pluto-Uranus square. But the next one, the, the next... Um, uh, exact, I guess you could say, the next exact square uh, period that it hits is from November 26th to December 27th of this year, which puts us right after Scorpio and moving us towards and into towards the end of that, uh, into Capricorn. So I think that late November and into December is going to be key for when this starts to shift and open up. And then as you go into Capricorn, it's going to be when you feel as if I'm now settled into this. Because the future cards here looking at this job are the King of Pentacles and then the Devil card. So the King of Pentacles is great in a sense because in the short term especially, but that's that sense of being rooted. Both the King of Pentacles and the Devil card correspond to Capricorn. So um, plus the, the Three of Pentacles is also in here, and Three of Pentacles is another Capricorn card. I think you may actually hear something, though, because that Three of Pentacles came up. Um, I think you may hear something probably, well, it would be the third decan of Virgo, <laughs> which I know sounds ridiculous, uh, which is just the third ten days of Virgo. So we're in Virgo right now, and the mm-hmm. third ten days would be roughly... Uh, September 10th through September 20th, more or less. So I think you're going to hear something. And Three of Pentacles is a nice card to get because it is a card of things starting to come together or starting to rejoin a team. Um, But that then with the King of Pentacles being there in the short term, I think that even though they may get back to you and it's still going to be a, a set thing, they may still say, but we're not going to have you start until, and it may still be mm-hmm. a couple of months. So just think about maybe getting you know, a seasonal job or doing something with some opportunity you may just have in front of you in the moment that you can just mm-hmm. use for the income you need for the moment, knowing that this job is ultimately going to be real. It's just not mm-hmm. happening quite as quickly because with all of the Earth here, um, both Three of Pentacles and King of uh, King of Pentacles plus the Devil cards and Earth card, um, there's a sense that things can move a bit slowly. <laughs> it feels like things are dragging their feet, uh, but oh, yeah. it also but Earth also indicates that we make progress. It just is slow and steady progress rather than immediate progress. 
So yeah. there's a lot of good indications regarding the job. Mm-hmm. It just may not happen as quickly as you're needing it to. So therefore, let's just do something to fill that gap of time with something that is practical and just serves the function for what it needs to do for that short period of time. Won't be a glamour job, won't be the dream job. It's just something to give you income for the next couple of months. But I, I'm encouraged by the cards that are here in, in terms of the actual job you were asking about. Mm-hmm. So do you think that that would be something you would be willing to do? I've been trying. I'm just not having luck with getting that little job. So Three of Pentacles would encourage you to do something that is team-oriented. So so looking at areas where you would be part of a team, part of a collaborative effort, um, could also literally be something where you may be part of building things, um, construction, um, putting things together, or just something that tends to be physical where you're part of a team, each of you doing one piece of the puzzle that then creates something. That's what? That's the big job. Oh. Well, yes, I think ultimately it will be. (laughs) Uh, But you may need to look for things that may be just as physical, get your hands dirty, as the interim short period of time job. Mm -hmm. And especially look for things where there are groups of people or it's, you know, uh, a, a, a team or a, a collaboration effort where there's a skill that's lacking that they need somebody to fill in or somebody has taken leave and they need somebody to fill in for the team or something like that. I think you would find uh, some very quick and immediate opportunity in a situation like that. And that could include even like in a store, you know, where you you ask, do you just need somebody to fill in, you know, and they're, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you're asking because so-and-so just went on vacation for a month or they just went on maternity leave or whatever, and we here we are getting close to the holiday time. We so need somebody on, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays or something. Um, so mm-hmm. so that kind of situation or opportunity is really something to uh, look for and I think would probably pay off for you very quickly for the short term um, until this, this other job actually is ready to say, now we can start and settle you in. But I think the key time period is Capricorn, which goes to what your intuition was saying, um, right. which is right at the end of the year, beginning of the, the next year. And to just look at this as, okay, then I just have to go out and get something to fill in this you know, three-month gap without right. giving up on this other opportunity. Yes. And I'm a Capricorn, so... It'll all be coming to fruition at that time, I guess, huh? Right. Nice. What a great birthday present. (laughs) Well, and, you know, so I'm sorry that it's, you know, it's not tomorrow, but at least we're not seeing that it's like a lost cause or it's time to just give up on it versus there is something you can do if you just are willing to see it as, a function of getting you through a short time period um, rather than looking at it as giving up or losing out on something and now you just have to settle for something that's less than what you would like. Right. Thank you so much. 
You are welcome. Hopefully this helped a bit. It's helped back. a whole lot. And you, it, you've given me major chills and you've made me book lump. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> that, that's how Charlie goes through life. Oh, I've made you cry. Yeah, wonderful. Absolutely. Excellent. Great. Another notch. <laughs> Another notch. All right. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Thank you Some so people much. Have, yeah. You are more than welcome. Some people have notches on their bedposts. Charlie has notches on his Kleenex box. I'm worried about that. I like that. (laughs) So, and feel free if you'd like to call us in the future to give us an update on how things are going. And we're always happy to hear from you. I will. And thank you. And you have a lovely evening. And thank you for making the rest of my week a beautiful thing. You are welcome. Thank you. And you have a nice evening as well. You too. So, Charlie... I believe that that once again brings us to the successful close of another <laughs> episode of the Amethyst Oracle Divination. Hey, we almost made it on time. <laughs> I know. Uh, it was great to have Thalassa on. Really, really glad I got to talk to her. Or we got to talk to her. Well, you were here. You were there too, Heisty. I seem to remember something about you. Yeah. But as you remember, uh, Beth is about me. <laughs> so <laughs> it's great to connect with her. And um, if you've never been to a bat. Uh, plan. If you just if you put a dollar a day for the next you know eleven months, you'll be you'll you'll make it. So. Uh, and I will just remind people that they can always find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/theamethystoracle. If you'd like to come, like the page, leave us a, some feedback or comments about the show, offer what it is that you feel divination is. If you'd like to pull or use your tool of divination or oracular work of choice. Uh, to ask that question, feel free to share that on our Facebook page. And we will be back here as we are every month on the second Tuesday. So our next show will air on October 14th, 8 p.m. Pacific time. So be there or be square. Uh, or we should say be there or be rectangle since we use tarot cards, shouldn't we? Uh, so we hope that you will join us again and we hope that you enjoyed the show this evening. And we will... Look forward to being with you in a month's time. The Amethyst Oracle. Divination with a queer Thank you for joining us. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Caracella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E for Revolution with Haisu Lutner, Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m.